My name is Isabella and today's Intern Whisperer Tip of the Week is Continuing Thoughtfulness Tips. So when organizing activities in your company, you want to consider if there are colleagues on the team that have non-work commitments, specific dietary needs or requirements, or some type of cultural commitments that we don't want them to feel excluded. We want them to feel included and and that they belong there. Make sure that you are expressly inviting everyone to join these sessions. By making small, thoughtful changes or modifications, you can ensure that work events are inclusive of all of your employees. Rosa, I'm really excited to have Rosa Espinel Perry on my show today. Rosa, I have been waiting for this for a long time. And I'm sorry I had to make you wait. I was kind of busy with a few conferences and having a lot of fun learning, but excited to be here. Yeah. And then we had something called COVID. That, yeah. 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 And it changed how we work. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. then I was at more conferences. (laughs) And so, you know. There's more coming up. I'm hoping we're going to be at them together. Yes, we will be. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we, on this show, we always talk about education, innovation, and future work in the industries, but we kick it off with five words that describe you. And so we talked about this in advance and, you know, I'm just here to help you in case, you know, you go, what was that word? Yeah. But you shared the, the reason why these five words. Um, and it's due to a personality test you took a hundred percent. And, um, it's the strength finders assessment Gallup. That's right. Very important. You know, they put out a lot of, uh, information that is really helpful if you read it and apply their insight. But, um, the words that I gave you were learner connectedness, communication, restorative, and futuristic. Right. Those are my top five strengths from, according to that assessment with Gallup. And it's interesting how, you know, you take something and you're like, you know, why am I clicking all these different, you know, bubbles and these words and all that. And then it spits out literally this profile of you. And it's like, wow, that's pretty accurate. Right. And so, you know, lo and behold, I'm a trainer. I've been doing, you know, learning and development for most of my life, right? Mm-hmm. 30 years in, in this industry, in this career and learner is number one, right? So how accurate is that? Yes. And I love, I learning. would associate that should be Rosa learner as <laughs> Perry, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that L has to be in there somewhere. And then, you know, the second one connectedness, right? Um, we met and it, it feels like this cannot be true, but in 2014 at a learning event, it right? was. And it is so hard to believe it was like, I don't know, that was like, a I lot had of to years. go, I had to do the research. I had, had to, to do actually the math pull up too. the data and find, okay, wait, was it really that long? And it was. So it was 2014 when we were together at that boot camp, learning how to create e-learning. And, you know, we connected then, you know, since then we've connected each other to different opportunities, different people, you know, and, um, communication, because I, I feel, you know, you can learn more about people and, and just things in general through communicating. I don't believe that, you know, there's anything you cannot resolve without talking to people. I agree. And, you know, you may have a conflict, but at the end of the day, if you talk, you can resolve that conflict and come out better for it because you took the time to 
figure out where the difference is through, you know, effective communication than restorative, right? That's kind an of, interesting word choice too. Yeah, I'm really looking was, forward to that explanation. I know. I was interested when I first got my strength finder um, results. results because what's interesting is my empathy came at, I think like number 28 or 29 out of 33. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. You know, I think I'm no, an empathetic I think of you, person. Yeah. That would be one of the key words I would use to describe you. Yes. But at the same time, I'm also kind of that, you know, okay, well, yes, it happened, you know, suck it up. How do we fix this? Let's move forward. Let's not just sit here and dwell on this. Right. So I think that's where the restorative comes in. It's because uh, instead of trying to sit and dwell in something, yes, I want to uh, help you get through it, right? As well as how are we pushing past this mm -hmm. thing that happened? So I think that's probably the why. And then futuristic, I mean, if, if you're not thinking of what's happening tomorrow, what's happening, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, then you're going to be stuck in, in, in a place that you have no growth. And mm -hmm. So it kind of balances that learner mm -hmm. side, even though we're getting older and everybody will, that's a it given, happens. right? To all of us, there is this place that you do need to make sure that you're staying in a place of continuous learning, that you are looking at what is the future. I think we skipped communication. No, we used communication. That okay. was in the middle. That right. was, you know, getting to know people more and, and fixing, you know, conflict and all of that through communication. Okay. Yeah. To me, the most important skill that a person could have is communication because I feel like it addresses everything mm -hmm. in life because yeah. communication is listening, verbal, written skills, and then also, you know, face-to-face. -face. Yes. It encompasses so many other skills and it's kind of like at the root of all the other ones that you mentioned mm -hmm. and a lot more. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. So where did you go to school? And what was your first job? How did you get to where you are now? So we're, we can take some time with sure. that too. Sure. So remember, you know, the gray is not here. It's not painted on. It's it's real. Um, school was uh, mostly in New York. Uh, born and raised in New York. Went to Catholic school. Survived the nuns. Mm. God bless them. And then when we moved, we did move to Florida and went to uh, high school here in Florida. I actually, you know, dropped out of high school because I was pregnant with my first daughter. And so I have a GED. So a little bit about my education is I am the proud recipient of a New York State GED. And I'm working on completing my bachelor's right now in human resources and hopefully have that by next year. Uh, God willing, you know, and if I keep applying myself, like I've been doing with, you know, two or three classes every eight weeks, because they're very short semesters. You know, I, my mother did not, um, she graduated from high school, but I think that there's been this emphasis on college education for so many generations. It underestimates what other people can, what other skills people can bring Correct. to the table. So Correct. that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Now no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And for me in my professional and personal, you know, it really hasn't. I've been able to, you know, get these different opportunities, right? And, mm -hmm. and excel at work through just learning new things, right? And showing I can do this, mm -hmm. right? So 
I'm coachable. If you'll show me, you know, I may get it wrong the first time. Show me again. Show me where I went wrong. And, you know, I, I might be good after, you know, two or three times. And I've had great mentors as well. People mm -hmm. who really took an interest in wanting, you know, to help me succeed. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's important. That's really important. But I, I agree. Uh, I'm doing that bachelor's for me. That's kind of a, a that's thing. the right reason. Yes. It, it's on my bucket list of things to do, including Hawaii and Greek islands and a few other things. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's for me. That is not because I need that to advance in my career. I'm a senior HR manager and I've achieved that with my GED. Mm -hmm. And I, and I tell people this because they need to believe in themselves and believe in the skills that they have and the skills they can build on, mm -hmm. right. With what they have, mm -hmm. which is, you know, basically my story, yeah. you know, my, my first real job was as a uh, preschool substitute kind of assistant teacher, right? So working with three to five-year-olds and the most important thing is please don't wet your pants today, you know? <laughs> and there's the bathroom and yes, you can raise your hand, but if you have to go, just go, you know? Mm -hmm. And in between that, trying to get some ABCs and one, two, threes while they had a lot of fun, mm -hmm. right? And then from there, we, you know, moved back here to Florida. So, you know, a lot of between New York and Florida. So in Florida, first real job that then got me into training was at a bank and, you know, started as a teller, like most people do moved into then, you know, new accounts and you're a new customer coming to the bank. I'm opening your account. And because I was doing well in my work, then, Hey, do you think you can train new people? Sure. You know, so new people would start and I'd show them how to do teller line or show them how to do new accounts. And then that grew into, we kind of need a dedicated person to do this at all the branches, you know? And so that was my first training, official training, you Role. know, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. And I've been doing it since. So I'm curious, what was the bank at that time? It was Continental National Bank. They still exist in Miami. They are a small huh. bank. Um, they had five branches at the time. After I left, I think they, you know, opened a few other bank, a few other branches, but they were literally, you know, think of like, say the Metro Orlando area, you know, so say one in Seminole County, one in our two or three in Orange and a few, maybe one in Osceola, you know, mm. like that. That's how it was. Huh? Yeah. I have not heard of that bank. Doesn't mean anything, mm -hmm. but it's good to hear that they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. From when you first started. So that's they are, and they're still, you know, small and, and kind of family owned, but I mean, you know, they have a lot of uh, customers. They must have a lot of loyal customers. They, yeah, yeah, that that they did back then. They did, and they yeah. must still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, when you started and you went from that location, what has been your path from Miami to now? It's included training and everything, right? So, from from the bank, I moved into working at Bell South, so telephone company. And I started as a customer service rep. So, if, you know, something's wrong with my bill or my phone, you know, I'm moving all of that and then moved into training again with them because they knew I had that experience, but you have to start entry level and mm -hmm. then move up uh, from there. Then I went to work for other uh, telecommunication companies as training managers. So from Bell South moved to other companies as a training manager. And, you know, that's kind of been the trajectory since either as a 
individual contributor, but really managing the learning pieces that I was responsible for, or actually leading a team of people like I do now. So how many industries have different industries have you been in? Because a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think is also unusual. So have I. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that most people um, they probably didn't do that at the time, whereas mm-hmm. now it's not so unusual. It's you know? not. Yeah. yeah. But your skills are transferable. Absolutely. Can you manage a project? Yeah. So yeah. is it a, a telecom project or is it a, you know, logistics project? I used to work for Staples, you know, so what is the industry doesn't really matter. It's the skills. And can mm-hmm. you transfer or show how you can transfer those skills so that you can even get in the door? Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's what it really is. And I think that's where. Some people struggle when making a career change is not being able to show how I used to work in this industry, but the skills that I use there are as applicable in your industry. And here's how it translates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that you also now work with career source. I was having this discussion with um, Dr. Walcott. She's been a guest on my show, JJ Walcott. And we were discussing how like single moms, and that would be a customer that career source might see. Mm -hmm. So a single mom maybe didn't graduate from college, but man, do do they know how to manage everything? Everything. Because if it's a single mom, she's having to budgeting. Yep. Making sure that those kids get their homework done, get to the bus, you know, negotiate, you know, things (laughs) that with other moms, other parents, yeah, make sure with the kids. Yeah. With just being able to get the logistics down. Yes. Yeah. And those are transferable skills. People don't realize, you know, you can put that on, on your resume. Yeah. You, you've been a, a you know, a, a stay at home mom. What have you been doing? You know, have you been managing your household budget? You know how to budget, mm-hmm. you know, you know how to uh, put together a plan for staying on that budget. You know, mm-hmm. you can, you know how to manage your time, you, you know, how to manage your resources. So these a lot things, of problem solving, a lot, skills. Of, a lot, conflict resolution, yes. communication. And, and so, you know, it's just then how do I tell the story on my resume of the skills that I do have? I may lack the work experience, but these are the, the skills that I do have. And, you know, the, I think at CareerSource, that's something that our staff does well is helping the customers that come in, those people looking for that different opportunity, they help them put together amazing resumes that then and career paths and and yes and and really find out what is it that you're passionate about let's get you into a career in in something that you're passionate about that is also going to you know provide you with a a a decent living you know a healthy Mm -hmm. wage where you can take care of your family a lot of our listeners may not be from central florida we have listeners all over the country and actually all over the world so let's back it up just a little bit so that they'll know career source is it part of the workforce program it is part i was going to say it's part of the workforce program i was actually having this conversation with my nephew who's in new york the other day and he was asking something for his uh stepbrother and i was like he needs to just i said just google it go on, you know, go on Google and check out New York state workforce. Mm -hmm. I said it is available in every state. These are resources, you know, mandated by law that are available to you as long as you meet certain criteria. In his case, he happens to be a youth who's 22. So he would probably fall under, you know, the, the youth programs that are available. 
So every state is mandated by law to help employers by placing talent there for them and to help those people that are either displaced from their jobs or, you know, looking for those additional skills and, and help, you know, skill them up so that they're able to then find those better jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And be able to obtain some uh, STEM skills. And Correct. That science, yeah. technology, mm-hmm. engineering, and math skills. Yeah. Just uh, again, mm-hmm. always sharing that with our listeners when we use acronyms, STEM. they may not know. Yes, very important. Yep, yep. How we met was at a conference or a workshop mm-hmm. and it was on instructional design. So I know that's a skill set that you have. Yeah. And why don't you share with our listeners what an instructional designer does? Well, there are so many things that an instructional designer does. And this is like always it tickles me when I see the different debates on LinkedIn regarding, you know, oh, that's not an instructional designer. You know, at the end of the day, you're creating content that someone else is going to consume and learn something from, Mm -hmm. right? And so that could take many different shapes. It could be that I put together a video. It could be that I use some type of authoring tool and create something that is, you know, virtual reality and you immerse yourself in that experience, right? Uh, Or it could be a PowerPoint that gives you step-by-step instructions on how to fill out a form that's required for your role, right? So it it can take many um, shapes and, and, you know, there's different things that you would do depending on what is the, what is the outcome? You know, what, Mm -hmm. what is it that you're building and why are you building that? You know, what, what does that learner need to do at the end? Mm -hmm. Right. So do you think, um, I wrote an article about multidimensional learning and that's based on, I worked in the education sector for 26 years in public schools and then also in higher ed, but it's always training and learning in those two sectors and wide range of ages. Mm -hmm. Um, when I think of an instructional designer, I think about it always having more of like an OD role, organizational development, where there's a pretest, there's learning modules, there's still a check-in, a post-test at the conclusion, and then some follow-up activities to help reinforce the learning. hundred percent. Yeah, yes, I define 100%, it. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. And additionally, that learning is tied to the organizational goals, right? Right. Because we're not going to build this unless it ties to specific KPI, you know, metrics or, you know, other other goals that the organization has set. Mm-hmm. And so by me creating this course that Isabella will eventually take, it ties into our organizational goal of being uh, more effective communicators as a team, collaborating better as a team, which then helps us, you know, meet XYZ goal, right? There has to be that tie-in between the end product of what it, what are they doing with the organizational goals? Otherwise, why build it? Mm-hmm. And so some of the companies might have goals to help reinforce uh, values within the company mm-hmm. and beliefs that they carry, such as, you know, demonstrating empathy, which you had mentioned earlier, or improving communication or having a more diverse and inclusive culture and understanding mm-hmm. what that means and microaggressions. All of those, if they were looking for education and training to not only help people understand, set a general definition, but also change a behavior, that could be what um, is done Correct. in these courses. Correct. Yeah. And, and like you said, it starts at the top and then needs analysis of 
is this what we really need? And then you, there are continued needs analysis. Once you define what you need, then you still have to figure out, well, how are we going to deliver it, right? Is mm-hmm. it is it going to be where we have informal focus groups or are we actually building content? And then if we are, how are we building that? And how are we ensuring that it's inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. I, I really love the direction our industry is taking towards being more um, neurodiverse, right? So that we are inclusive of all the different types of uh, potential barriers that someone could have to learning uh, and, and making sure that what we're building, what we're putting out there is accessible to all of these you know, different uh, potential barriers. So you mentioned the word neurodiverse, and for the most part, I always hear that tied to autism. And I just pulled the definition up here, displaying or characterized by autistic or other neurological atypical patterns of thought or behavior, not neurotypical. The intended audience, here's the example, for the course included both neurodiverse and neurotypical students. So our listeners, again, we're just about educating Mm -hmm. them and helping them to understand, gee, that's a new term. I haven't heard of neurodiverse. What does that mean? That's why I usually pull these up. Right. And I was reading a recent article. I forget whether it was in the TD magazine or the training magazine, one of the the recent ones that I, I picked up when I went into the office a few weeks ago. And it talks about that, but it also doesn't just uh, characterize it to uh, um, autism, right? It includes people who may just suffer from depression or people who have other types of uh, neuro meaning stimulated by some type of, of something with the nerves, right? So maybe I suffer from uh migraines, or I have something else that triggers something, right? So it could be uh, very different neurological um, triggers. And then, you know, being sensitive to that there's a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just say, um, folks with uh, autism, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a spectrum. And so being uh, sensitive to that and making sure that what you're creating your output is accessible, you know, by all these, you know, different um, possibilities. Again, removing as many barriers. Are we going to ever create something that everyone can consume? Maybe not. You know, that's the goal. I don't know. I think understanding. The goal is to get there. I think understanding what diversity is, I think that is something that um, everybody should understand. And we should carry forward a common understanding of that definition Mm -hmm. so that we can be better people all around. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot imagine somebody saying, no, I do not need diversity training because I'm going, you'd be surprised. Okay. uh, Now this is me. I did not know I'm standing in the presence of Jesus and you are totally on the same page that you are perfect. <laughs> yeah. I believe you are a human and you could still benefit from this. Right. So that's Absolutely. why I would go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We can talk about God if you want to. Whatever. Yeah. Just no, so you know. I, I agree. You know, we're not perfect. We're human. Yeah. And so it really starts with having that open mind that mm-hmm. there are things that you don't know. Yeah, and, yeah. and you don't know what and it you can don't change sometimes right it can change in an hour from now because right. guess what google you, just did an update right and <laughs> and and you just you know learned you, like you said you, you google that new term so you know now you know one new term and an hour later you may know another one you yeah. know with your your next guest 
So it, it, we have to just be open to that, to the mm-hmm. process of, of learning and changing how we think about things as well. Yeah. Because sometimes we learn, but we're still stuck in, no, it's black. Yes. And it's not black. It's great. What's interesting is that when people, and, and what I hope happens out of these discussions about diversity and inclusion is the impact across multi-generations. Yes. And many times people think, oh, well, you've hit 65 or God forbid, you're, um, I don't know, 55. Now you're no longer valid because, or have validity in the workplace because you're going to be retiring. That doesn't necessarily mean that people are retiring then. And they're not, they're not. We, we have quite a few people, you know, that work for us and are amazing. And, you know, like, taking butt, kicking name, you know, taking names, kicking butt, however, you know, the Mm -hmm. phrase goes and like outdoing a lot of our younger folks, you know, like really setting that example and role model of, you know, this is, this is what you should do. You know, this is how you do it. This is how you work with the employers. This is how you work with those career seekers. This is how you motivate them to, you know, want to, uh, improve to want to, you know, continue their education or whatever it is that we're, we're helping that person with, you know, we have amazing consultants that do this every day and they're in my age range, which is past 50, you Mm -hmm. know, and I don't think they're ready to retire. No. And it's, it's sad because Mm -hmm. honestly, every generation can learn from the other, Correct. you know, you and I have talked quite a bit about peer and reverse training Mm -hmm. and what that looks like reverse is a younger it could be not an age mm-hmm. it can be an experience or just an industry in the yeah and any of those capacities being able to mentor up towards a more senior person and peer is not limited to your generation it can be more even defined as cross your departments across your Correct. company so those terms have a wider variety of meaning for Correct. sure yeah and, and there's so much opportunity in that, you know, and some of that is some, what we're trying to achieve now in our internal training is really taking, uh, you know, that knowledge that's there, mm-hmm. right. And using those folks who were willing to step up to the plate and say, yes, I will be a peer trainer. Mm-hmm. And so we're kind of creating almost a, a peer network of mm-hmm. trainers for the different uh, programmatic training that, that folks need to know in order to do their jobs. And, and it's working out really well. I've got to say, I'm like just blown away with some of the people because it's like, you never would have thought because they're kind of a little bit quiet, shy, and then they're so engaging in front of a group and facilitating like they've done it for a hundred years, you know, and, and they have so much knowledge that they've acquired over, you know, the many years that they have with us. And they're so willing to share it, you know, and to help ensure that our new people coming in have the same uh, skills, the same, you know, uh, kind of drive and understanding of what it is that we do in the community and why we do it. And then the how, right? Because mm-hmm. the why is important. And, oh, yeah. and the how you can learn, but if you don't know the why, then, you know, the how is kind of like, okay, but again, why am I doing it's kind it? of like the jigsaw puzzle? Yeah. You don't know which piece is really going where exactly. Cause you can't, yeah. you can't see it yet. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So what is your title over there at career source? I had a recent promotion. So it's congratulations. Senior. Thank you. 
senior HR manager, and um, I'm still with mostly purview over all of the organizational development. So is this over all of career source? Cause you're in the corporate just office. central Florida. So yes, okay. our five, we have five offices mm-hmm. uh, throughout the central Florida area. And so it's, um, that encompasses onboarding uh, of new staff, uh, continued education of all staff, leadership development. So, you know, that purview over that, as well as uh, dipping my toes in the other waters of like recruiting the regular HR employee relations, engagement, and all the other buckets that, that we have. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Mm-hmm. When people hear the word HR, they tend to think that we're just payroll. People that, yeah, yeah, payroll and handle paperwork. And payroll it's and benefits, so much and more. A, it is. It's so much more. Because right now, one of the biggest projects that we're going to start embarking on for our next year. So our, our years run June, uh, July to June. And so we're about to close up this program year and setting goals for next year. And a big one is succession management planning, right? Mm-hmm. So what are those uh, competencies or skills that we need to build in our existing staff to get them, you know, next level ready? And, and who is ready uh, to be tasked to maybe do a little more to assign different projects to and, and really start getting grooming them, if you will, for more responsibilities within okay, the organization. I'm not going to lie to you. I want to come in and be a part of that conversation I'd as that. employers for change. So whatever has to happen, because you're coming into your new budget year, I'm going, all right, so let's do a collaborative study together is how I'm saying that. <laughs> you're always open to all kinds of possibilities, but I know you're not always the decision maker. I don't hold maker. all the purse strings. <laughs> yeah. I, they give me a budget and I manage it well. Yeah, but I'm going to go back to your words here. They're five words. <laughs> I'm a uh, connectedness. I'm a connect- I, yeah. I knew you were going there. Connectedness yeah. and futurist. And so yes. I'm going to use those two <laughs> words right here. Because honestly, futurist, uh, you're always a very forward-thinking person. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. I don't know if you remember my, um, I think it's one of the pictures I sent you. of all the. Remember all the tags we got oh, yes. at the conference? Those are so much fun. And, for, and you made it into a beautiful I, tapestry. I wove it into like almost a cape. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a lot. Yeah. And if you remember the, the first two were be kind and future readiness, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, it, everything starts with being kind. You know, you have to be kind. You, If you're not a kind person, then you need to figure out how to be a kind person. Otherwise, you are yeah. not ready for the future. And that's why I tagged those two together. You know, I was trying to tell a story with all of the different tags, right? And and, and it starts there, you know. I agree with you 100%. (laughs) Well, we've actually reached the halfway point. So we're going to take just a few minutes, uh, a a minute to acknowledge our sponsor. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. And we're back to the second half of the show, but we didn't talk about ATD. We, I don't know if we fully explored career source. I know we did cover quite a bit there, but let's make sure we talk about ATD. What does that acronym stand for? So it's the Association for Talent Development, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad they changed their name several years ago because it was training and it, development. It used to be ASTD, mm-hmm. and so it was the 
uh, American society of training and development. Right. And they really took a look at what do we do? And what we do is we develop talent, Mm -hmm. right? And so kind of future thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Where do we want to, what do we really want to be called? What do we want people to know about us? And it's that we're the association of talent development. And that encompasses everything within HR. It is not just training. Yes, they're mostly known for training, but it really is anything that you have to do within the realm of HR. You can learn, you know, through the different resources available through ATD. And I've been a ATD member, I want to say since like 98 or 99, when I first really started my my first training manager role at STS Telecom. And I was like, okay, I need help because it was just me. It was a department of one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, coming from being, you know, just individual contributor within a team to now having to manage this, I needed to learn something. And they were a great resource then. They're still a great resource, you know, and now, of course, with technology, you know, you have all these different tools and things available online. Uh, I've also been volunteering with our local chapter since 2012. So I've, You're I've been, in a, you've been in a leadership role. Yes. I started as a, I started as a, um, I forget what it was. I think it was called a site selection something. And I helped with, you know, putting together the monthly events that we had. And then that went to VP of programs and then president of the chapter. And right now I'm kind of just in an advisory role as one of the past presidents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've watched you climb those ranks. And I've been on a sister organization, Mm -hmm. the Good Network, Greater Orlando Organizational Development Network. Um, We have crossed paths there as well as SHRM, Society of Human Resource Management. Um, We're engaged in all of those things. And then you're also in Women in Leadership. Women in Leadership, yes. Yeah, and that that conference was amazing in November. It's coming back. I'm hoping- to be able to participate in that. But again, it all goes back to, it's all about developing talent. All of these different organizations are, are about developing talent using mm-hmm. different methodologies, different frameworks and uh, different tools and resources, but it's all about developing talent. Mm-hmm. It sure enough yeah. is. Um, do you have any particular um, desire to move up into the national level? Or are you like serving on the local level? I like serving on the local level. I have explored, um, they do have um, what they call a NAC, which would be a national advisor of chapters. But then I think about how that would take me away from a lot of the things that I do with my local chapter. And I love the members. I love our board. And I've learned so much also from being on that board. You know, people don't realize how much you can learn by just volunteering. Oh my gosh. I love volunteering. Yes. Well, first off, you get to meet people in a different capacity. They're going, it's not as superficial. You're there to help them. Yes. And they see you as somebody that can actually guide them and direct them. Yeah. Non-threatening. Yeah. 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 Not like you're going to sell me something. No, right. You're here to help. And the thing is when you're actually a volunteer through like the good network or you know, or or ATD, you wear a lot of different hats sometimes. And then you, you learn things like event management or, you know, um, member engagement and all these different skills that are a hundred percent translatable to something you do in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Um, volunteering is, we can't say enough of it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I encourage any students that are interested in getting involved, I say, um, skip the line. Don't worry about being in clubs at school. Go and start getting in professional organizations Correct. where there are people at, in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to make a big impact and get to know people, sign up to be on membership because yes. you will meet everybody. You'll meet everybody, either membership or the programs, yeah. whoever's coordinating the different programs that, you know, particular organization has or membership, mm -hmm. you're going to get to meet people there and, and just sign up to, to do something. You don't have to uh, dedicate a lot of time. People would be surprised sometimes, you know, it's two hours a month, right? And that's it. That was your mm -hmm. involvement. But you gain so much from just the, you know, what leads up to that particular event, right? The logistics, the planning, the the networking with different people. And, and that's really what then you translate at work, because at work, you've got to do that. You've got to collaborate with different people. You've got to make things happen, you know, over a period of time. So again, skills that you can transfer to, to the yeah. real world. And just so our listeners know, you don't have to be somebody that is in the HR career path to be a part of ATD. No. As a matter of fact, you could join there and actually be able to connect with so many other people in different companies, different sizes of companies Correct. and industries. And we in HR are people that are connected to everybody in that company. So <laughs> yep. that would be a smart move. A absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to get yeah, that one we, we do have folks that are part of ATD who are in finance. So they're, um, we have several CPAs and, and bookkeepers and they're there because they want to, they, they've signed up because they wanted to learn more about how to possibly train their staff, mm -hmm. right. And coach and mentor their mm -hmm. staff. So that was their reason for joining. One of them is now our VP of finance because she's an amazing accountant. And, you know, so it's a great way for us to fill a vacancy of, you know, we need someone to keep the books because we know how to do some of that, but you're, you're certified doing that. Mm -hmm. And additionally, she likes to volunteer. So she's, you know, filling two things here, volunteering in, in a capacity of something that she's, you know, an expert at. Mm -hmm. And also learning how to be better coach, you know, to her peers and in her in her team. Yep. So COVID, what do you think of its impact in the workforce from two years ago and where we are now? And do you see anything like that happening? Let's wear all three of those hats. Yeah. Past, so, present, and future. Yeah. Like the ghost of Christmas. Kind of, right. And you know, for us, for example, at career source, we went from, you know, today, business as usual, all centers open. And then in like, I, I think it was less than three weeks, almost, you know, 300 people deployed home with a laptop, with a phone, fully 100% remote, right? And that's it, we're shutting down until we can, you know, come together again. And that was not a small feat. So I, I can't even begin to imagine, you know, huge organizations, what they had to go through, right? But we did it. And what did we find out while we were shut down? That, oh my God, we're productive. Staff is still happy, right? Yeah, they've got stuff going on and our customers have stuff going on, but staff is engaged. We're able to deal with the things that are coming up, you know, regarding, their, their issues, you know, whether they were, they were ill or a family member, et cetera, you know, help with that. 
um, general work issues, right? We, we figured out workflows differently, right? We were still able, and actually we exceeded the number of people that we serviced remotely than we would have if they were coming in through our doors, right? And so what did we find? We can do this, right? However, you know, we're back open again. And then we said, okay, well, no more virtual. Let's go ahead and, you know, just go back to how it was. And staff said, but wait a minute, why? It was working. Mm-hmm. Why can't we have a hybrid schedule, right? And we listened and we really, you know, intentionally then took a good look at that. And so now we rolled out uh, another, you know, now this is, I guess, our third iteration of a hybrid schedule, right? Where staff are in the office several days and also working from home several days. Like a three-two? Like a three-two, depending on um, their area, you know, within the organization. And, and, uh, you know, some folks like myself, um, I'm mostly virtual. Uh, Our team, the HR team meets together once a week, all day. That's our HR meetings we alternate one week is virtual. The other week is in person and we go to our downtown office. And then in my role, I hop around the different centers, right? One day a week. So we're all getting two or three days, even if we're kind of like a hundred percent remote. You're out of the office every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere all the time. Yeah, right? you are. And so, you know, we have figured out how to make it work. Right. And how to have that good work balance, right? Uh, Keep employees happy, uh, customers satisfied, and get the work done. So I read some interesting information that said that instead of, for those that work remotely, um, the productivity, because they, the employers know and the employees know that there's more interruptions in the day, it's more of a 10-hour day instead of an eight-hour day, because they're building into it, okay, we know you're taking lunch, you're probably taking your um, kid to school or having to help them with homework, that there were these interruptions. Mm-hmm. So it it wasn't a standard eight-hour day, if you were in the office, away from those distractions. It was, now it begins to extend a little bit to 10 hours. Have you seen that? I think it's really, but it's all, you know, you have to look at it. Uh, as to, okay, how long was the pause, right? If I had to go drop my kid off and I took an hour, okay, so then that's an hour I have to make up somehow because at the end of the day, I'm working an eight-hour day, right? Mm -hmm. So if I was in the office, I wouldn't have been able to drop my kid off, right? Or I would have had to take the time off and and just, you know, be off for the rest of the day, depending on where I live, because I'm not going to drive back to the office, right? So it's really about how you look at it. Is it really a 10-hour day? Mm-hmm. Or is it still an eight hour day? Because if you count the time for these things that you're doing, you know, like, did, did you stop to go cook dinner? Or did you, you know, throw in a couple of loads of laundry? Or what are you doing? Right. right. Um, you know, there are some advantages, right, to that working from home that you wouldn't get if you're in the office. But again, it's looking at, you know, what are you really doing? Is it really, are you really working 10 hours? No, you're probably mm-hmm. not. Are you even really working eight hours? No, you know, it wasn't I, I, that they said they yeah. were working 10 hours, but it was, it was more of, it, it takes 10 hours to be able to get the eight hour day put in because of the interruptions. I, yeah, I think I would disagree. I, yeah. think I, would I disagree. didn't know if you had right. I don't, read and I don't know that heard any of that. No, I haven't. And, and I would say, you know, for us and, you know, with our folks, we're usually, 
our meetings are scheduled between say nine to four, mm-hmm. five, right? Because our work hours for our centers are eight to five, mm-hmm. right? And I find that people are, you know, doing their thing that they're supposed to be doing during those hours. So at least in our world, I haven't seen that. Yeah. It could be a thing somewhere else, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, but I do think that this hybrid or remote is here to stay. And there's going to be more iterations of what this looks like for different organizations. I, I'm surprised it took a pandemic to get us here because, right? you know, honestly, before the pandemic, I would tell my boss a lot of times, I could be doing this from home, you know, and probably getting more done because I'm not driving an hour into the office. Right. Yes. And so there and was always you that. live an hour away. Now I'm, I'm further away. Cause now I'm in mascot. Then I was in a pop gun. Oh my gosh. You yeah, know, that is yeah. a distance. Yeah. So there's that, you know, but again, there's the financial benefits for an organization of, you know, being able to maybe downsize from some of the brick and mortar that they don't need and, you know, all of that. So it, it, I, I think there'll be more changes that come like that, you know, and mm-hmm. then our job as HR professionals, helping people manage that change. Yep. What about robots, AI, augmented in uh, virtual reality? Yeah. Um, I always think of holograms, you know, yeah, transportation. Exactly. Of one molecular being to another one, digital twins. What are your thoughts on all of those? We've been using those forever. It's just like maybe not a widely known thing in, in recruiting their use. They're used in training when you take different courses. They maybe, you know, have some type of AI if you're, if you're, taking a training course or, or some type of learning, and it's asking you to maybe present a sales pitch, Mm -hmm. right? And then it's going to evaluate what you said and evaluate your tone, inflection, use of words, et cetera, that's using AI. And, And that has been around for a long time, you know, virtual reality, where you can do the different simulations, show people how not to blow something up, right? Uh, That's been around for for a little bit. So I think we're going to just see more of that now uh, because of the pandemic. So as a result of the pandemic, it it, it has accelerated. Yeah, You know, there's not as much face-to-face interviewing anymore. So we have to use different tools available for recruiting new people and training new people in an organization. Agree. Let's see, Uh, robots. Now, I feel like because of the, the issues that have been in the food industry, there's this place where we will see more robots. And I understand that they're actually in Kissimmee and mm-hmm. a restaurant that's out there in Kissimmee, that there are also flying cars that are over there in the um, Avalon, really uh, Lake Nona area, that there's autonomous driving, you know, mm-hmm. buses, little little buses, little trams. Yeah. So they're testing all of these things out there, which falls, some of them definitely are robots, but you know, they're also under, are they? It's yeah. kind of is. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Personally, I am not going to be one that's pro and uh, self-driving anything. I feel more secure in my own driving, even though it can be flawed. Right. Some things I'm all for. Yeah. And, and some things I'm still a little bit skeptical, mm-hmm. right? So a- anything that helps improve workflows and, you know, things in a workplace and, and helps a, a company be able to grow, mm-hmm. right? While still maybe not letting go a hundred people, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a way that they can coexist, you know, the robots with yes. the, with the worker, right? Right. 
then I'm all for that. Let's use it. You know, when I worked for Staples uh, at that time, and I, I worked for them from 2006 to 2012, and they were using robotics in their in their organization at some of the different facilities. And it, the robot, um, you uh, you know, you scan the robot would scan what the order was, and then go to the different areas within the warehouse and pick the products and bring it back to a picker who would then pack it to ship out, you know, to keep it simple. So it's not new technology. It's been yeah, around. That's easy. They're, they're perfecting it. Um, you used to work in the, um, yeah, I'll call it real estate industry, but it was in timeshare, I believe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So to me, that's real estate, right? Yeah. Okay. So did you see any robots where they were like cleaning rooms? Because I really feel like that's going to be something that mm -hmm. we see way more of. I feel like we're going to see it in the food industry itself, where you can go and put your food order in on your table, right? It would be delivered to you by a robot instead of we are having problems trying to get people to come in here and do this. Right. We've already been trained to check ourselves out at Target yes. or your favorite store. Yes. So you don't ha always have to have customer service, just mm -hmm. somebody to make sure that the machine's not working. Right. You know, exactly. Like that. That's it. You know, and is the price right? That kind of thing. But I, I do see that that could be the next wave, right? Mm -hmm. And then what I would say is, you know, organizations like ours, career source, right? What are we doing? How are we staying future ready? How are we getting ready for when those robots start to impact frontline workers who are, you know, in the food service industry? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. Mean, there's, there's this place and I had a discussion with one of my previous guests and I go, but there's, to me, it's an ethical dilemma mm -hmm. because you have people that may not speak English very well, come over and they will assume some of those jobs or, or, uh, low skilled workers mm -hmm. that may not for whatever reason, being neurodiverse or just some level of, of mental capacity, I'll, I guess I'll call it being able a barrier, to, some barrier, a barrier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. So a barrier that keeps them from being able to take a, a higher level position. Right. So should we, does that mean we should make it and her response? And I agree with her, but I also go, but there's still this population. What, because they and cannot what be skilled them. and what happens to them? They're not right. able to be skilled right. and to do that. And her, her, her uh, viewpoint was that, yes, you can always skill people. And I go to a certain extent, yes. that is true, but there will be this certain population that there may not still always be a population that you cannot. Right. Yeah. So what and do we a, do with them? A lot of the people who you'd be surprised because when I worked at Staples, uh, there were some you know, immigrants from various countries, doctors, attorneys, you know, um, and their license didn't carry over it, here. It, it doesn't carry over. Right. So then, you know, what are we doing as a state, as a country, you know, mm -hmm. maybe even as a planet, right. Cause we're global, you know, so at some point we really have to look at it from a higher perspective, you know, not just one organization, what are you doing, but as a state, what are we doing to ensure that when this comes, right, because it's coming, oh, it it's is. already, some of it is here. So yeah, sure enough when it is. expands, what are we as a state doing to ensure Floridians are going to be able to transition into whatever that next thing could be for them, right? Mm. So housekeepers, what, how, you know, what skills do you have? 
restaurant workers, you know, do you have other, did you come from your country with other credentials? You know, mm -hmm. can we help you get them here? You because know? a lot of them will be your Uber or Lyft driver. Right. And you may not have Uber or Lyft <laughs> driving anymore. It yeah. could be an autonomous an car. An autonomous car, yeah. Yeah. So, so those are the dilemma, dilemmas. It, it and is. I think it, we really need mm -hmm. to be solving those. Like we better be right. on point with that and be yeah. ready for and, it. And to your point, it is an ethical dilemma. It's like, you know, at what time, at what point do you put people before the progress? She had said profit. Well, the progress profit, yeah. whichever word. Yeah. And I, they're two different things, but mm -hmm. yes, before both of those types of mm -hmm. uh, focus, because it is about keeping humanity human mm -hmm. where, where we are. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just a struggle for sure. I yeah. can tell you. So what is the best mentoring advice that you would want to share with our listeners? For me, it's about the mentee. Yeah. Right? It is not about me. It is not about you are Rosa's agenda. Servant leader. You have to be right. Yeah. It's okay. Isabella, what do you want to achieve? Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have that conversation. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are those skills that you're looking to build? What are the connections you're trying to make? Right. And then how do I fit into that? Right. And then we create a plan for that. And you hold me accountable as much as I'm going to hold you accountable because right. it, it is kind of a contract. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I say that because that's the type of mentors I've had, right. That have sat down with me and said, what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Mm -hmm. And then let's kind of draw out that path together. And here's what I'm going to do, but then here's your homework, right? Because it's a, it's a two-way thing. It is. It absolutely is. So how can our listeners find you, contact you? I don't know if you have a personal website, any social channels that you're active on. Personal website is in the works. All right. Yes. Yeah. So planning for whatever my next iteration of mm -hmm. me is going to be. Um, and so that's in the works. So if you go to it now, it's rosaespinal.com, but it says it's under construction, but really LinkedIn. So I, I would say that that's where that's the pretty much the only social channel that I'm really a hundred percent in. Mm -hmm. I go on Facebook to wish people happy birthday. And if I'm it's there, like the front of the refrigerator yes, is what I say. Yeah, so local. Yes, it is. And so, you know, uh, my kids sometimes will tag me in something and then it's like, Oh God, now I got to look at it. Cause it's my kid, mm -hmm. you know, and you love them. And so you do, and you like it, or you put a comment, but I'm not on Facebook that much anymore. Um, Twitter occasionally. You know, if, if something comes through my feed, that's TikTok interesting. Though? I TikTok is my de-stressor at night. You can so go down the rabbit hole. I, I do. I literally do. And, you know, my, my wife may be watching her, whatever she's watching on BBC and I'll put in my earbuds and I'm laughing my butt off silently, or mm -hmm. I'm, you know, over in my office area, just decompressing from the day on the funny TikTok videos. Uh, I've seen some that, well, and they cross over into Instagram and also yeah. Facebook. I mean, they're, they're really beginning to morph into one channel, I think. <laughs> um, but when I was like looking at some of them today, it is so easy to go into that. You get lost. Yeah, you do. And you go, I just lost 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. 50. But they are so yeah. funny. Some of them are so funny. Yeah. And I think of the creativity that goes into those. Yeah. And, you know, at the conference, there was a couple of sessions on how to use TikTok for mm -hmm. learning and development, you know, to create 
informational, educational, you know, training via TikTok and think mm-hmm. about it. You know, it's like perfect for micro learning because it it's so short. It is. It's super short. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely good. Yeah. Well, Rosa, I want to tell you, thank you. It's just been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I look forward to doing whatever the next thing is. I, you know, I say to you, <laughs> yeah. wherever you're going, I'm going with you. Well, we, like, you're we've been hoot. connected this long and I know we'll stay connected. And really, I want to thank you for the opportunity to, you know, come on the show. I, I've got to tell you, I'm just so in awe of what you do. Oh, thanks. I, I remember you're when my we, inspiration. Well, you are an inspiration to others as well. I've got to tell you. I remember when we met during that workshop, you were, it was still pivot consulting. Yep. It still is. Pivot it still business is. Consulting. Right. And, but you had a, you had a goal, you had goals and a plan and look at it. We were, you're doing it, yeah. you know, employers for change is it, Yes. you know, and I know there's other goals, but I, I remember you talking about all of these things that you've accomplished through intern pursuit, you know, and, and all of it, the game, the, the game, game on Steam, yes, podcast, all of it, the learning Academy. Yeah. yeah it's all you, been there. You are a determined person and you know, you, you set those goals and you go for it. And I really do admire that. And thank, oh, thank you. you. I will thank tell you, for you um, including me, I have to give credit to where credit is due. It's a God thing. It is for me. It's like that I believe is uh, my purpose of why I'm here to make learning um, accessible to everybody mm-hmm. to make learning something that is accelerated and keeping up with the pace of technology. I hope it's possible. I believe it is. I've been able to see it in one of our studies and it's just something that I know at my core, that's who I am yeah. and God made me this way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really about, you know, cause some people may not believe in God and right now maybe like, you know, having high, high roles and other things. Right. But it's really about also just being open to the opportunities that come to you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Whatever higher power you believe in or not, Mm -hmm. you know, the universe will bring those opportunities to you and, and, and just bring kind of like the ideas, the enlightenment, and you have to be open to it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because it really is about, you know, here's a thought, you know, and then you have to do something. Yeah. It's your choice. Right. It is. Everything's a choice. choice. It's always a choice. Yeah. Yes, I am. Or no, I'm not. That's right. Well, I'm going to give just a second. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Cat Vibe Studios. Thank you to our production team, video interns, Christian Flowers and Daniel Conte. Our music is by Sophie Lloyd. And if you would like to have your inclusion tip of the week, ooh, maybe you will give me an inclusion tip of the week. We will share that on our show. So all you have to do is record your inclusion tip, send your audio file to info at internpursuit.tech and include your name, job role, and where you work. We will email you our Intern Pursuit game backgrounds for your next video conference calls or a t-shirt whichever you choose. So be sure to visit Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusive culture while scaling your people for the future work. Thank you so much, Rosa. Thank you, Isabella. Oh, so much fun. 